At Amgen, our mission is to serve patients. As a biotechnology pioneer since 1980, Amgen was one of the first companies to realize the promise of this new science by bringing safe and effective novel therapeutics from lab to manufacturing plant to patient. Amgen therapeutics have changed the practice of medicine, helping millions of people around the world in the fight against cancer, kidney disease, rheumatoid arthritis, and other serious illnesses. With a deep and broad pipeline of potential new medicines, Amgen remains committed to moving science forward to dramatically improve people's lives. To learn more about our pioneering science, please visit our website at amgen.com. Amgen, where pioneering science delivers vital medicines. You're listening to ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to Innovations in Medicine, enhancing the medical community's knowledge of science and biotechnology. Innovations in Medicine is sponsored by Amgen, where pioneering science delivers vital medicines. For more information about Amgen, visit www.amgen.com. What do we blame for the nation's obesity epidemic? McDonald's? Twinkies? Too much TV? Here's a surprise. Maybe part of what's making us fatter is a virus. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. So you get a cold and you figure, well, you'll be out of commission for a couple of days. But researchers at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center, affiliated with Louisiana State University, now say the consequences of that cold might be graver than you had imagined. They say a common respiratory virus could be causing weight gain in some people and might be a contributing factor to the nation's obesity epidemic. An estimated 97 million American adults are overweight. That's one in three of us. And obesity is linked, of course, to diabetes, heart disease, stroke, and a host of other ills. Our guest who presented these findings, the link between virus and obesity, at a recent meeting of the American Chemical Society is Dr. Magdalena Pasarica, an endocrinologist at the Pennington Biomedical Research Center. Dr. Pasarica, welcome to the program. Hi, thank you. So a virus that is linked to obesity is a pretty interesting finding. What is the virus? Well, it's an adenovirus type 36. What do we know about it before your research? What did we know about it? Before this, we know that adenoviruses are linked to respiratory tract infections, of conjunctivitis, of diarrhea, and it was discovered in 1978 in a fecal sample of a German diabetic girl. This is the first report that we have on this virus. Their whole class of adenoviruses, are they, are they all do similar things? Well, not necessarily similar things, but related things, I would say. And in general, adenoviruses, that's what that's the disease that they cause. Okay, so the, what we would take as a cold would be one of the things that an adenovirus could cause? Yeah, absolutely. A respiratory tract infection would be you know, taken as a cold by the people on the streets, right? Right. Now, I suppose that the way this virus operates is a little different for different individuals. Tell us a little bit about how you got started in even asking this question about whether adenovirus 36 might be linked to obesity. In 1919, Dr. Nikhil Durander first identified a link between this virus and animal obesity. Since then, there are several experiments in different species of animals and also in uh, cells, in uh, mouse cell lines. Well, tell us about the animal research first. What was found in animals? In animals, it was found, there were experiments done in chicken, in mice, in rats, and marmosets. 
And it showed that once infected with this virus, animal, animals became fatter with a higher percent of fat compared with uninfected control animals. And the surprising fact is that they apparently uh, consumed similar amounts of food, both control and infected animals. Was this one of those findings that was made in the course of trying to study something else? I can't imagine how somebody first got the notion that this thing might uh, be linked to obesity. Well, first idea was by Dr. Nikhil Durander, who's the initiator of this field, and he first saw that it was an epidemic. He's from India, and in India it was an epidemic of adenovirus infection in chickens. It wasn't a human adenovirus. Uh, it was an avian adenovirus. And this one caused the chickens to die. However, the chickens were fat. And this was very surprising because usually when you have animals infected, they will die. They're usually skinny. They're not fat. So he got his idea from this. And studies of animal obesity caused by viruses was done since 1982 in science. He got this idea and tried to study a human adenovirus, obviously, to try and link human obesity to a viral infection. When did he begin doing the human work? In the 80s then? Well, in uh, 1990, he, has, he had uh, first published a study on human adenovirus 36 and uh, animal obesity. And in 2005, he published the study, the human trial, which showed that this virus, human adenovirus 36, is linked to human obesity. Now, is it fair to say that adenovirus 36, the human form, is everywhere? Are we all exposed to it, or is it more limited than that? In the U.S., the study done in the U.S. in three sites in 500 subjects showed that about 25% of the people had antibodies to AD36, so they were exposed at one point to the AD36 infection. Okay, so it's widespread, but not necessarily everybody uh, is exposed. Absolutely, not necessarily everybody. However, 25%, it's... it's uh, consider a big percent, I would say. Are those 25% of people or subjects taken from that group, in fact, way more than those who have not been exposed? The studies showed that we, we had two groups, uh, obese and non-obese groups. In the non-obese, we included overweight and the lean people. So it seems that 30% of the obese people were positive for antibodies to AD36, while only 11% of the non-obese people were positive for antibodies to AD36. And the difference was statistically significant, showing that human obesity is associated with infection to AD36. Now, what do we know about the mechanism, how the virus leads to this problem? So far, we had experiments done in animal cells, and um, my study was done in human stem cells, adult stem cells that I extracted from lipoaspirate. What we have so far, we've shown that this virus is inducing commitment of these human adult stem cells to adipocyte cell line. So it's inducing these stem cells to become fat cells and accumulate more fat, what we call adipogenesis. So these people have more more fat cells as a result of that process? Then the cells are fatter. Okay. Does increasing the number of fat cells, do they sort of hunger for fat, and does that in itself increase the, the fat that an individual is going to carry? We don't know. I mean, we don't have any data to show exactly, you know, where is this fat coming from, if it's excess energy or... We don't know exactly where it's coming from. Our results are from, from cells, just from cell work. But it's not possible that the virus 
has some neurological effect that causes people to eat more or something like that? Are those other kinds of things possibilities? I mean, absolutely. It could, it could be that. Uh, we had an experiment done in 1992 that showed there was no big changes in the hypothalamus of, of chickens. Now, we only looked at the hypothalamus at that point because this is mostly related to food intake disturbances. So it seems that there are no just obvious lesions. So it could be one of that could be that, but so far we're looking at changes in adipose tissue and it seems that the virus is affecting the adipose tissue and this could, ex- could explain the increase in adipose tissue and fat tissue. For those of you who have just joined us, you're listening to ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. This is Innovations in Medicine. We are talking to Dr. Magdalena Pasarica about new research showing a link between a common virus infection and obesity. Now, I happen to have a uh, one-year-old at home, and because I want him to live a long and happy and healthy life, I want to make sure that he's not exposed to adenovirus 36, so he stays nice and lean and trim. What should I do? From data we have right now, it says that they're transmitted through air particles or fecal oral. So, I mean, it's just just normal precaution, you know, that he can take. He's going to reduce the likelihood that, that he might be exposed. For those of us who are adults, I suppose by this time we've either been exposed or, or not. As I was saying, they studied that in the U.S. only 25% of the subjects were exposed and they're adults. So not all of us were probably exposed to the virus. So do we know anything about age of exposure and whether that affects this? In other words, a 20-year-old who was first exposed to adenovirus 36 might react differently from a 50-year-old, say? That's very interesting questions, but we don't have any data to show that. But what I want to tell you is that even in this lean group that I was telling you, this lean subject, the antibody-positive subjects were heavier than the antibody-negative subjects. So it might be that the virus is infecting the person and then the obesity-promoting effect is either at one point, later at one point, or we don't know exactly when this obesity-promoting effect is or if it influences how old you are or when you got the infection, but it's certainly interesting to study in the future. Does this virus remain in the body after the acute infection? It is in the body for a certain time. We don't know how long, but it is in the body after the acute infection has passed. We found DNA, AD36 DNA in adipose tissue and fat tissue of just humans that didn't have uh, acute infection. How long does it last? Do you have any data on that yet? No, we have not done. We haven't done that. But so there could be it could be a situation, as you say, where there's acute effects and chronic effects, and they're a little bit different in the chronic. Is that in animals we saw the obesity promoting effect in three to five months? We saw obesity promoting effect three to five months after the acute infection. Those of us who are exposed and got what we think of as a cold, would that would last a few days or a week maybe, and here you're talking about three to five months. There's no way to tell, you know, data from animals because, you know, this data was done in, you know, rats. They live for two years, really for more than two years. So we don't know exactly how long it will take us to get fat after after the infection. It's interesting with infectious diseases, which are an increasing problem and, and seem to be overrunning us at times, especially when I talk to people like you and we hear about return of infectious diseases and antibiotic resistance with, you know, with bacteria and so forth. Infections all around us and oftentimes 
we can tell a story about why an infectious organism behaves the way it does. You know, it takes – it enters a, a host and it, it does its damage but it has particular ways to pass on its own genetic material or, you know, to uh, preserve itself from, from an evolutionary perspective so to speak. Is there any kind of story like that that explains why – a respiratory virus would be would cause obesity? It seems completely unexpected. It could be that a virus is replicating in adipose tissue. I mean, we've certainly seen that a virus is replicating in adipose cells in culture, in a Petri dish. So it could be that a virus is replicating in adipose tissue. Now, if you have a virus which is replicating in adipose tissue, we will want more adipose tissue, more fat, so they can replicate more and have more copies. And as we know, any virus, that's what they want, to have more copies and then sell. So it could be in the virus's self-interest to increase the number of fat cells and increase the uh, breeding grounds for itself. Absolutely. Well, that's all the time we have. We've been talking with Dr. Magdalena Pasarica about some very interesting work with adenovirus 36 and how it might contribute to human obesity. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Pasarica. You're welcome. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. For comments and questions, send us an email innovations at reachmd.com. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Innovations in Medicine on ReachMD XM, the channel for medical professionals. Innovations in Medicine is sponsored by Amgen, where pioneering science delivers vital medicines. <laughs>